Hello and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great, glam and garish from Eurovision history. My name is Roland Bodnam and as ever, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, She's Got Her Lipstick On, Here She Comes, da-da-dum, it's Isabel <laughs> Chilman. Hi! Hi Isabel, how are you doing? I'm alright, I'm actually not wearing any lipstick today. <sighs> Fuck, well, uh, I take it back. Sorry, I ruined uh, that. She's not Normally got... I have my lipstick on, here I come, dum da da dum but there you go. Uh, you're doing all right? You're feeling okay? I'm tired. Oh, mate. Well, uh, we'll get into that in a moment as to why <laughs> you are tired, Isabel. Before we do, uh, um, I'm going to ask you a simple question. The same question we ask every week. Would you like a lovely bottle of Hocha from Lebanon? Lebanese wine. <laughs> Lebanese wine. Apparently they're quite good. Uh, Shut their up. Wine. Did you go back to your lady up the road? I did go back to my lady up Hello. the road. She took me through her wines again. Ooh, Hooray. She showed you her Lebanon. <laughs> While I open this, uh, Lebanon and on and on. Hey. Uh, do you want to tell the people why you're tired, what you've been up to, Isabel? Because it was one of the greatest days of the year this weekend in England. It was London Pride. Yay. So I was a little bit run down last week anyway. Knew that I, I was just, I mean, I was eating all the vitamins and flu medication and everything that I could get my hands off because I could not be ill for Pride. Don't be ill for Pride. So managed to um, make myself well enough to get through Pride and have the best Pride ever, I yep. would say. Okay, that's um, good. Hands down, best Pride ever. Nice. But now, obviously, not well plus Pride equals I'm Oh, mate. And well, I'm losing... This is as loud as my voice can go. Okay. So your ears are safe this episode <laughs> because I'm rather croaky. She won't be screaming. No. Well, and I, I pretty... For some reason, this illness has taken effect in that I ref, just refuse to wear shoes now. Oh, okay. Just not... In, Maybe not that's what happened office. to Emily DeForest. She was ill. Sandy Shaw. Maybe that's why. They all got ill. I'm with your sisters. <laughs> I feel it. The Shoeless Sisters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was bloody great though. Oh, good. So worth it. It was yeah. a beautiful weekend, beautiful sunshine, just beautiful people everywhere. We danced in the streets. We drank in Soho Square. We went out dancing in the evening. Oh, it was gorgeous. I was I was sad to miss it. And um, I will make extra double efforts to make it to next year's one. Bloody better do. I know. It's terrible. Terrible mm-hmm. that I missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want... A, a small glass can I tempt you with some Leb- it's from Lebanon I gotta have a go and it might put me to sleep tonight. okay well I'll just it'll help me get to bed because well, I'm tired well here we go in in flashbacks to your weekend let's have a little listen to the cork pop you ready hey! Hey! I always worry I'm gonna spill it but it never does <laughs> magic of wine here we go oh it smells punchy yeah punchy um, yeah this mm. one said it was for the adventurer so I don't oh, know oh that is a delicious smell. It's got a good smell. It's got a good smell on it. You know what we should start doing is tweeting pictures of the wine every week. Oh, we should. There, people can drink with us. And also, then one day, maybe a wine shop will sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will see. Uh, cheers. cheers, cheers, cheers. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Oh, delicious. Well, there we go. That's the wine uh, part of the podcast uh, done and sorted. So uh, let's move on now, Isabel. Um, there is no news. Okay, that's we're, fair enough. We're, we're yeah, quite far away from Eurovision. We're so. far away. And it seems like the sort of tailing off from this last year's Eurovision, or this yeah. last Eurovision is, is sort and of And we gave all end. the big news last week. We Mumba. gave some big news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of Mumba, oh. uh, let's do some any other business. And we won't get to Mumba straight away. Oh, okay. But we did have, we had some people getting in contact. Uh, one of which was our friend from Brooklyn, Chance. Chance the rapper. Chance the so-called rapper, uh, who uh, subject line of Chance's email says, "Many happy returns." Aww. We did return. Uh, oh yeah, makes sense. Chance says, "Dear Isabel and Roland, Hi. thank God you're back." Um, uh, I'm a little behind, so I don't know if you'll get to reading this before uh, episode 23. This is episode 24 now, so I don't think we did, but that's fine. Uh, but wanted to send you a message. Uh, 
Uh, Chance says, anyway, I'm touched you've been thinking about me, Roland. Oh, I he have been. about you often. <laughs> uh, Chance says, I've been thinking about you too. Hello. Mostly in the form of nightmares soundtracked with a loop of festival fun fun. Excellent. Okay, good. Yeah, you've ruined everything for everyone having Roland. Brilliant. That is the official theme tune to most people's nightmares who listen to this podcast. Now, apologies, everyone. I've just blocked it out. I mean, it took therapy to block it out, but I have. <laughs> We're never going back to that episode nope. ever, ever yeah. again. Uh, then goes on to say, but Ooh La La was thankfully a delightful entry in the catalogue. So Chance hadn't heard... Uh, uh, the most recent one, um, I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, oh, Respond- RSVP. Res- Re- yeah, RSVP, Respondative Replay. Oh, you, you were quite far back, weren't you, yeah, Chance? Yeah, yeah. Isabel, your initial reaction to Jean-Claude was completely understandable. Okay. All the facts about his life before Roland got to the Eurovision part of the story made him sound like an absolute you. Yeah. Thank you so much, because <laughs> I have genuinely felt a lot of guilt about that ever since that episode was recorded. There is, and if you are a... Um, Probably there's not many people abroad who will listen to this, but there is a podcast in England, which is um, John Robbins and Ellis James, and they talk about being in a shame well. So those things where you did something when you were 12, and then at age 35, you still think about it and want to curl up in a ball and die. I genuinely that got added to my shame well I felt oh, so no, bad about it no. so thank you Chance that's made me feel a lot better thank you uh, thanks for giving me some fun something fun to look forward to in the middle of the week when things are in a lull keep up the good work and keep supplying us with those delicious sounding glugs Chance from Ooh. Brooklyn well we just did we and just I called did. it delicious numerous times me and you are on the same wavelength Chance so clearly Chance uh, hadn't quite listened to last week's episode and then did and then sent us a second email oh good <laughs> with, with the subject line Samantha Mumba acting superstar <laughs> and Chance's tone changes quite a bit between oh, those two emails oh we've got a sassy pants here we go I cannot stand aside and allow this <laughs> I cannot stand aside and allow this petty Mumba shade suggesting she's only ever been in the time machine and nothing else <laughs> I, I will have you know she's been in at least as many movies as I have fingers on one hand. Wow. One in particular comes to mind. A few years after The Time Machine, she starred in the greatish, greatest Irish horror comedy ever made. Maybe the only Irish horror, horror comedy ever made called Boy Eats Girl. It's wow. about It's about young love, zombies, and Samantha Mumba running over a shitload of the latter with a wheat thresher. <laughs> Do check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yes, please. Unless you continue drinking warm rosé. Chance oh. from Brooklyn. P.S. Hashtag Mumba for ESC 2018. <laughs> yes. I mean, Chance, I love your passion. I will always support anyone that is that passionate about <laughs> a late 90s, early noughties pop star. Yeah, yeah. In whatever context uh, that may be. So I will watch that film. I've actually just bought a projector. No way. So I can have a little home movie set up. Ooh, fun. So maybe we can watch it. We can have a zombie night at mine. We could have a Samantha Mumba night. Samantha Mumba zombie night. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, we have another email and Ooh. another email from the continent of North America. Uh, one email, and this is a new uh, emailer. So hello, oh, new emailer. Who is it? It begins, uh, dear Roland and Isabel, especially to the delightful Roland. Yes, oh. I got, <laughs> I got it. Okay. Let I me mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna warn, I'm gonna warn you right now. Whoever this, this uh, listener may be, <laughs> you've had one chance. Okay, you've had that one. That's all you're having. Uh, you do that again. Okay, I think... Your emails are going into a filter into the junk, right? <laughs> I think you're like the, the main bulk of this email. No, though. I don't like anything that takes the attention away from me, actually. <laughs> Thank you. So it says, it begins with, hi from North America. Good, right? Mm-hmm. Good. In the semi-final two podcast, long time ago now, Oof. you guys asked for phrases in different languages <gasps> that do not translate well to English. Yes, please. I have a few in French. Oh. Oh, great. One of my favourites is, I'm going to do my French accent now, Il plus comme fauche qui pisse. Okay. Which translates to, it's raining like a pissing cow. Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to try and start using that in just regular conversation. It was raining like a pissing cow earlier. It was, it was. That's, that's why I chose a red, warm us up a little bit. Oh, that's um, nice. Another is, occupe-toi de tes onions, which literally translates as, busy yourself with your onions. <laughs> 
That actually sounds like something they'd say in EastEnders. It is, yeah. It's... Eh, what you doing, Peg? Oh, I'm just busy with myself and my onions. Well, you go <laughs> off and busy yourself with your onions then. Well, that's kind of what it means, mind your own business. Yeah, it's, it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I makes quite sense. like that one. What's this person's name? You didn't say it. John, Jonathan. Sorry, I don't know Jonathan why I didn't. Jonathan from North America. Yeah, from North America. Okay. Jonathan from North America. Uh, Jonathan then says, not sure if these are as good as William and Daisy at the festival, but they make me laugh. And that's what matters, right? I know, I like them. Nothing is ever going to top William and Daisy at the festival, purely because it it's not a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have asked for made-up phrases as well. I mean, yeah. just send us any yeah. phrases. Uh, anyway, I'm really loving the podcast. It really helped me stay sane during my final exams. I wholeheartedly agree with you about Bulgaria this year. Uh, it was fucking dirge. What's dirge? <laughs> like rubbish, like shit. I don't know that oh, one. Oh, yeah, dirge. Is that for cool people? Uh, I mean, I... Cool kids say it. <laughs> dirge, I mean, it was dirge, mate. It was it? dirge, yeah. Somehow it got second and everyone won't stop talking about how great it is. But we know the truth. It's under-fucking-whelming and we want Polly back. Yes, I love you, John. Uh, also, also to quote Isabel, Estonia was truly awful. I can't even remember what Estonia was at this point. No, I don't remember it either, which shows how goddamn awful it was. Because I remember the really shit ones. Yeah. So it means it was bad enough to not... It's, it's that worst kind of bad because yeah, it hasn't stayed in my memory. Forgettable and no one wants to be forgettable. No. Either be memorably good or memorably bad. So I thought you would like uh, Jonathan by this point. Uh, however, and interestingly, we haven't really spoken about this this much. Uh, Jonathan then says, might I suggest talking about Lordy someday for the Eurovision Storytime part of the podcast? They might be some of my favourite winners ever. Mm. From your fellow sweaty person, Jonathan. Oh! Okay, so I love. I hated you at first, Jonathan, because you wanted to speak to Roland. Yeah. Then I loved you throughout the bulk of the email. Mm. Then I went off you again when you said that Lordy, Lordy. one of your favourite wins. And then you said you were sweaty, and, and proudly so. Yeah. And I love you again. Yeah, I feel like we're part of a club. Yeah, the little yeah. sweaty Eurovision little, club. It's not a great smelling club, but you know. But we love pop. <laughs> we love pop, and, and that's we what are counts. Really camp. Yeah, so that's it's okay. Great. Uh, so that was a really love. Thank oh, you, Jonathan. Thanks, from Jonathan. North that's really nice. That was very If anyone nice. else, it's really good. To, it's always lovely to hear from newbies. Obviously, we love the chances and the Reggies of this world. Yeah. But um, uh, it's always great to hear from new people. Yeah. So if you do want to contact us, you can reach us. Our email address is Euphoria podcast at gmail.com yeah. and we're um, available on Twitter too which is at Euphoria Cast. I've just realised I've never tweeted um, Reggie's picture of the cat Oh uh, yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. So okay. before the podcast comes out, send us your cat pictures. <laughs> I want to see cats. Uh, also, do uh, leave a review for us on iTunes as well. Oh, it really yeah. does help. We had uh, one from the lovely Steve. Steve is uh, the one who is always puts a blog post up whenever we post a new oh, episode, fab. and is always bigging us up. Uh, Steve uh, said that uh, this was. Uh, his favourite podcast. He says, I love Eurovision and this is the best podcast ever. Yay. They talk about Eurovision, laugh, swear, drink wine, what's not to like. Exactly. Right. Uh, so yeah, thank you. We're just great. <laughs> All round great. <laughs> so th thank you to Steve for writing that um, on iTunes. Thank you to Steve for it, writing the truth. It it helps. Someone needs to do it, <laughs> and and it makes us feel good. So so you know why not why not do it? Um, I'm going to do now in any other business as well because we have missed it from the last two weeks, and we normally say we're going to do it at the end, uh, but we're not going to do it at the end. In the first episode of this season, Isabel uh, and I announced that if you send in a song this season yep. and it gets the highest rating of all the songs uh, that get sent in this, se this season, which may only be one, yep. uh, you will get a gift package yep. sent from us yep. um, that we will add to each week. Yep. And now for the last two weeks, we haven't said what we've been adding, but we have yep. been adding. So yep. my week, two weeks ago... Um, I added to it a wonderful book mm -hmm. about the history of Eurovision. It's got each year. It explains in detail what's happened. It is slightly used, but I feel like that adds to the sort totally of great. the mystique it's been touched of it. By Roland's yeah, hands. it has. I've gone through it uh, feverishly when I've run out of stories to tell. Uh, and yeah, it's a good book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But it's called we'll... like the Eurovision Annual yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It goes right up to like 2014 or 2015. So yeah, it's, pretty it's pretty up to date. It's pretty good. We'll just put a picture of that up. Isabel, last week, what was your gift? My gift is, I forgot to bring it in, but I found what it is so you can see a picture of it. Yeah. It is on DVD, <laughs> Michelle McManus, The Life Plan Workout. 
I, I didn't realize we were go- okay. I didn't realize we were going off Eurovision. Yeah, just okay, anything cool. we want, mate. Uh, things that re- like we like. Just things that we would like and other people would okay, like. Doesn't okay, okay, yeah, Eurovision I get that. Perfect. The perfect. first one's a picture of me in a cowboy hat. I mean, it's Eurovision pace. You have a Eurovision podcast. Yeah, I suppose. It's just about. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget if you if you send one in, anyone who sends one in, we said at the time, send in a song. Same specifications, so as, as Roland new does. Song. This has to be a new song. It has to be something that you would enter into Eurovision. Um, and it doesn't have to be a full thing. It can be a sketch like Roland's. You know, it can be a minute and a half long. I think as long as it's got a chorus and a, a verse and a chorus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's enough for us to judge. Yeah. We will judge it. You will get good points because anyone just bloody send one in. Yeah. But if you also tell us your favourite Eurovision uh, entry of all time, me and Roland will draw, draw it, it yeah. colour it in, yeah. and send it to you. It's like outside. you get that just for doing one. It's like outsider art. Exactly. It's great. <laughs> uh, and then whoever wins at the end of the year with the best song gets, gets all, all these gifts. And if you do not, if no one sends one in, I get them. I get. I get the gifts. No, I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, Roland gets them all. No one wants Roland, me. No, don't get Roland have them. He's selfish. I'm too materialistic. He has too many as things. Uh, he has an Alexa. At, you shouldn't let him have anything else. Uh, adding to the list of things I might win this week, <laughs> uh, I am adding a fluorescent green Bluetooth speaker so you can play all your Eurovision hits out look. loud. <laughs> it's a proper one. It works. There's a That's cable good, with it. Isn't and everything. it? Yeah, I'm it's quite a, shocked about it's that. It's a Bush one. Bush. Oh, bloody hell, guys. I'm going to enter a song. It's all right, this. It does work, yeah. I'd love a little Bluetooth work. speaker. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So, Look, uh, not all of this is shit. We've got a Michelle McManus DVD. That's good, that is. Bloody great, What's that. What's it called? The Life Plan. The you Life Plan Workout. Life plan. Yeah, unused by me. But, um... <laughs> And then the, a little Bluetooth speaker, lovely. Yeah, so yeah, we'll put yeah. photos of those ones up. Yeah. Just send in a fucking song, will you? Someone, please. Just someone. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We, <laughs> I was intending to get through that quite quickly because I've... I've got oh, an in-depth story, fine. but that's fine. We're gonna we're gonna blast straight through. So that was the end of the business. We've done the contact. We've done all of the things. Isabel, should we move on to the Eurovision story? Go for it, mate. All right. I feel like it's been too long since I've done a political one. Oh, so has it? here we go. This week is about. Oh, I get comfy, guys. <laughs> Settle in. We're gonna go back to the 1600s. <laughs> Isabel, I'm going to attempt to explain to you the history of Armenian and our Azerbaijani relations through Eurovision. Oh. So I'm so tired. Armen- <laughs> it's, it's quite exciting. No, I'm looking forward it's to quite this. Exciting. Go on. So I'm going to preface this with the fact that Armenia and Azerbaijan's relationship is a long and complicated one with a lot of running conflicts at its core. What I'm going to try and do is give you some context to these ongoing issues in order to understand where some of the tensions during Eurovision come from. Um, I'm going to do my best to remain as impartial and just discuss okay. facts. Yeah. If I do slip up or miss a bit of information or say Ooh. something incorrectly, I'm already pre-apologising yeah. in case it offends anyone. Now I've got that preemptive apology done, we can begin. If you hadn't guessed, as I said, things are about to get pretty political. So here we go. Both of these countries, Azerbaijan and Armenia, have existed in many different forms under many different names for many centuries, even millennia. I'm going to start our story with not World War Two, but World War One. We're going okay. back even further. That's actually a lot later in history than I thought you would start. Okay. I thought you were going to be like, so we're not going to start in World War Two. We're going to go right back to when Jesus was born. 2000 BC. <laughs> uh, no, we're going World War One. Give you a little bit of historical knowledge. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the Middle Eastern front of World War I. Uh, it was largely a war, a conflict there between the Ottoman Empire with some assistance from German, Austrian and Hungarian troops um, versus the British, French and Russian with help from the Armenian. Um, the Ottoman Empire basically gained control of the state of Armenia and what then occurred was a horrific and awful slaughter of basically the able-bodied male population and deportation of women, children and the elderly and infirm oh, wow. on what were basically death 
marches oh into the Syrian desert. I had no um, idea about that. Yeah, at the time, the word genocide hadn't actually been coined then. And since then, right up until today, the words Armenian genocide are disputed across the world as a description for what happened. Um, 29 countries across the world have officially recognized these events as a genocide, including Belgium, Canada, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, Lebanon, Sweden, Syria, and the Vatican, along with the European Parliament. Some of the countries yet to recognize the genocide, Turkey, given Mm. that they are basically the Ottoman Empire, Azerbaijan, and amongst others, England. Oh. Uh, even worse, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland all independently recognised that there was a genocide in mm. Armenia at that time. Uh, just little old England refuses to acknowledge that there was a, a genocide there. Why are we being twats? Uh, it's a good question why we're being twats. The, the sort of given argument is that it's there's not enough evidence for it to be called a genocide. And there's like very kind of shitty ways around this where people will, record, will refer to it as the term that was used at the time, which was an Armenian word. And even Barack Obama uh, used the Armenian way of describing it rather than describing it as a genocide. What's the Armenian way? Uh, I don't have it written down. But it was basically the words that were used at the time. And I kind of think that's a bit of a shitty way out of it because if it's a genocide, it's a genocide. And that's Mm. the term we use now. It's a shitty argument, I would say. And I think it's time the vast majority of people... Uh, oh, that's that's me being um, uh, that's me being biased, but there you go. I'll take a stance there. Um, even in France, considering England refuses to acknowledge it, France has created a law punishing anyone denying the fact that it's a genocide with five years in prison. Wow! So our government would all spend five years in prison in France. If anyway, we need to move on. This is I've already gone on longer about that than I intended to. So on uh, May on the twenty eighth of May, nineteen eighteen, both Armenia and Azerbaijan both proclaimed their independence. Um, after claiming independence, the countries of Armenia and Azerbaijan, of course, started laying claim to territory which they believed was either historically or ethically theirs. Uh, And as is typical in the way that these things happen, there was overlap with what Armenia thought was their own land and Azerbaijan thought was their own land. It never quite falls perfectly on a line, does it? Um, So this triggered what we are calling the first Armenian and Azerbaijani war between 1918 and 1920, a series of brutal conflicts involving civilians in the disputed districts uh, leading to high civilian casualties. Basically, there were wars over this small strip of land in between the two countries um it left both countries in a very weakened position by 1920 at which point the soviet army thought they would just come across both countries and claim both for their own good old soviet good old soviet say this actually soviet control of the countries held until 1988 um still under control of the soviet state the disputed area in between had basically been decided that it would be like an independent state Um, Armenia was unhappy with this agreement. Uh, They basically said that the region had no Armenian language textbooks in schools, nor Armenian language television broadcasting. Basically, they felt like it was basically Azerbaijan's under an independent name. Uh, So protests began, and these eventually turned violent. There were large-scale fights and skirmishes between citizens in the disputed regions. And the conflicts escalated over the coming years. Despite several attempts at peace talks, full military warfare took place between the years of 1988 and 1994. Oh, um, it was on the 12th of May that year when the two sides, with Russia acting as a mediator, agreed upon a ceasefire. So they had uh, achieved a cease- ceasefire by 1994. It was a ceasefire, but sort of with no real conclusion to the dispute. There was no, mm-hmm. you know, deciding over the territory. So the, the situation was extremely tense there still. Apologies for I, I rushed through all that, but that was giving context. And yeah, no, now it's we fine. now it's good. We, now we know. I wanted to give a little bit of context for us to understand what happens next. Yeah. So this takes us up to 2006, and the first year that either of these two countries decided to enter the Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. Um, it was Armenia who decided to join first. Good for them for joining the party. Um, so, however, their entry wasn't without controversy, as oh to be expected. Um, Armenia's first ever entry into the song contest uh, was a song called Without Your Love by a singer named Andre. 
Um, now, uh, the official Eurovision website described Andre's birthplace as being from the Republic of Nagorno-Karabakh, which was the name that Armenia called the disputed territory. Okay. Uh, media outlets in Azerbaijan were pretty upset about this uh, claim. Uh, they basically said that the um, it was taking a stance on who was the rightful owner of this territory. And um, and actually, when Andre was actually born in that territory in 1979, uh, the land was agreed by both sides to be an independent state under an independent name. So by calling it the Armenian name for that territory, it's basically oh, Eurovision taking okay. a stance. So in, in recognition of Azerbaijan's uh, complaints, Andre's birthplace was stricken from the Eurovision website entirely. Uh, I think that was the EBU just saying, fuck it, we're not getting involved. He, yeah. can, he comes from nowhere now. He's just from, he just exists. He's from. Lovely. He's just from. Do you think uh, that one day they'll do, and we discussed this already. Yeah. If they did like a nice, you know, like with the Olympics where they have the refugee team. Well, yeah, we would love that. We would love a... a refugee Eurovision team oh. of people that don't have a home anymore. I think I would cry. Uh, I think they'd win the first year immediately. <laughs> well, no matter you what would happened. hope so, yeah. I think I would just cry. I would just weep. So, um, Armenia that, that year, their first year, got through the semi-final and in the final got a pretty respectful eighth place. Oh, which, work. to put that in context, uh, that was the year that UK decided it'd be fun to enter Daz Sampson with perhaps <sighs> the lowest point in UK okay. Eurovision history, mm. teenage life. Boy, aye, 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 aye. Hey, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we'll Wait. just... <laughs> there we go. We still haven't done an episode about Daz. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Isabel's been compiling basically like a, a case. A full dossier on him <laughs> for the last decade. <laughs> so... Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was 2006. Azerbaijan decided it wanted to join in the fun in 2008. Being left out, are we? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, that made it the time that both Armenia and Azerbaijan competed head-to-head. Um, after actually a relatively controversy-free contest uh, for the two countries, Armenia came out on top, finishing fourth place, and Azerbaijan finished in eighth. So, actually... Well done, both of them, for yeah, finishing I mean, pretty was, strong, right? Again, Armenia's second go. Then you have to get better. For, uh, third go. I third go, out, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Well, no, I meant to get my stats correct, know, if terrible. you don't tell me stuff. <laughs> um, and Azerbaijan. First year. Eight. First year, same as Armenia. Which is, well, yeah. That's all weird. Um, Good work all. Then we get to 2009. And, and this is where things start to get a little bit more complicated. So tensions were rising once more between the two countries after clashes uh, on the borders. So the situation over there was all the more sensitive. A situation that you would of course hope that the EBU and the ESC would be aware of and would be very, very careful when creating the visual postcards for each country. Oh, You would hope that they would never do anything as careless as include a landmark from the disputed territory in one of the two countries' postcards, wouldn't you? Don't let the marketing exec loose on this kind of stuff. Come on. That's a nice shot. We'll include that. But no, we'll include it. Don't don't argue with me. Uh, That is, of course, what happened. In the semi-final pre-roll postcard for Armenia... Uh, it featured a shot of a monument called We Are Our Mountains. Now, obviously, this monument was in the disputed territory. And due to it being in the disputed territory, the Azerbaijan officials were incensed uh, and demanded that the shot of the monument be removed from the Armenian entry video. Uh, The EBU agreed to cut the shot from the broadcast for the live final, which both countries had gotten through to. So, um, and you're... You're the one that's allowed to stay, um, that has impartial. to stay impartial for this. Okay. I am not going to start a um, a race war, um, but I am going to point some bits out. So far, it's just Azerbaijan getting their knickers in a twist. Have a listen to this next bit. Okay. Because <laughs> it's about to get petty. Good. <laughs> I love nothing more than a petty round. Uh, so as I say, the EBU are, are cut the shot from the live final. Uh, and both countries have got three to two. Congratulations to both countries again. Uh, however, as I say, in one of the probably pettiest forms of protest I have ever seen, it came to the point in the, point in the night when the scores from each country is announced. Mm-hmm. 
When it was Armenia's turn to give the scores, mm. it was shown that someone had basically stuck an image of the landmark that had been cut <laughs> onto the back of the host's clipboard <laughs> so that it was in full view of the TV audience. Not only that, but in the skyline behind the presenter was a shot of the square in the Armenian capital city and on a big billboard on that square, this is like Darren Brown shit now, on a big billboard on that square was the very same image of that very same landmark in the disputed territory. I love it. You know when like a magician is like, what was your word? And you go like, oh, uh, it was... Cauliflower. Cauliflower. And then they point in Leicester Square and it's on the board. <laughs> in Leicester Square. I've got like, a picture of this. Here's the image. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it and behind her head as well. Okay, we're gonna tweet that image because sorry Azerbaijan, but that's hilarious. That is hilarious. It's it's petty. It's very, very, very petty. It's funny. Uh, but it's kind of fun it is kind of funny. Despite the controversy there, and I've used that word a lot and I'm gonna keep using it, um, one thousand and sixty five Armenians ended up voting for the Azerbaijani entry that year, which was enough to give it one whole point in the end score from Armenia. You know what I've just realised about you doing this story? What? What have I done? You've stolen a future story from me. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> to, we'll see where this goes. I might still yeah, have to I do think, it. I think, no, I think yeah, I might I think have done. stolen it, yeah. Oh well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, the Azerbaijanis, however, weren't feeling so generous and only 43 uh, Azerbaijanis felt that Armenia's song was worthy of a vote. This might be about to be where we uh, cross over stories, mm-hmm. uh, which is the first time it's happened. So yeah. I feel like, you know, it was destined to happen. Um, so that year was over and the two countries could put the silly infighting behind them, right? Yeah, no. No. Absolutely not. As Isabel probably knows. Following the contest, a number of Azerbaijanis who had voted for Armenia were summoned by the Ministry of National Security in Baku and were interrogated, uh, calling into question their patriotism. Is this... This is where, yeah, this is what I was going to be going into. They they were threatened with um, people who... Literally, they had their phone numbers tracked by the government to see that they had text or called in um, to vote for Armenia. And if they had, they got dragged into um, in by yeah by um, by the government and were interrogated. They were threatened. Yeah, I've got um, with I, arrest. They were threatened with public humiliation. I've got quite. I've got quotes. Uh, so one fan who did vote for uh, Armenia said uh, they said it was a matter of national security. They were trying to put psychological pressure on me, saying things like "You have no sense of ethnic pride. How come you voted for Armenia?" He also said that the interrogators told him that they had the names and addresses of all 43 people who voted for Armenia. The Armenian uh, Ministry of National Security said, we merely invited them to explain their votes. disgusting. Yeah, this is where the crossover happened. So I've got a bit of info about this, like the next couple of years and stuff. But it was... Yeah, it was horrific. It's it's Shit. um yeah, they were they were tracking. Can you imagine that, guys? Imagine you got called in as a, as you know, living in a in a very open western um nation such as such as the United Kingdom. Yeah. If you one year voted for Alexander Ryback one year yeah. and the next thing you know, you've got the police at your door a few days later um taking you in and yeah. questioning you yeah. about why you did that uh-huh. and wh- who, who else you know if anyone else you know did it and threatening you for a choice in music and there are people on there's a documentary a short documentary about it yeah. about azerbaijan in eurovision and um one of the guys they speak to then said he didn't even like the armenian song he just did it as a protest vote oh really because he was just like well fuck it, it doesn't even matter and then got pulled up by the government. Well, because I heard, I heard some uh, almost contradicting that. Obviously, different people voted for different reasons. But the other reason why people voted for that was because it's from the same region, right? And yeah. it's the same music. Yeah, it's that, they it's, liked it. Yeah, it's that diaspora, which is one of the... Is that the right way of pronouncing that? Di- dia- diaspora. Uh, which is a word that I've only just like started seeing to do with Eurovision. But like literally, I see it everywhere now. But which is the idea of like 
people moving from place to place but culture moving with them and when you're in a country that is literally next door to another country you're going to have cultures even though you're you're you know effectively at war with them you're going to have cultural touch points yeah you have shared traditions yeah. you have shared music and food and religion yeah. and you know you can't completely divide yourselves yeah. in this way because you do have shared uh, cultural activities so of course that your your hated neighbor's music might be might be nice to you actually yeah. it sounds quite a bit yeah. like your music yeah. doesn't it so hearing this report these reports of uh, interrogation effectively the executive supervisor of the eurovision song contest at the time svante stoxalius uh launched svante the material svante uh uh, launched an inquiry into the events. The EBU director even got involved, who was actually higher up than the ESC uh, executive supervisor, uh, even got involved at this point, saying that the freedom to vote was one of the cornerstones of the contest and that mm-hmm. any breach of privacy regarding voting or interrogating individuals is totally unacceptable. I think you and I would stand by that statement there. Hell fucking yeah. Hell if yeah. You, I mean, I would be disappointed in you, heavily disappointed in you. <laughs> and maybe give you some side eyes yeah. like really stink eye if yeah. you voted for say Spain this year but I fully believe in your right to do so yeah. whoever you are wherever you live in the world you can vote for a shitty entry you can vote <laughs> for an entry right. of your your arch nemesis yeah. because that is what Eurovision should be that is what that is what free free world is about I honestly kind of feel like the Eurovision Song Concert voting is, is kind of one of the examples of the best democracies out there right oh yeah <laughs> so um, on the 17th of September that year the EBU acknowledged allegations of the interrogation of voters uh, and breaching of their privacy despite the possibility of Azerbaijan potentially being banned from the contest for three years the EBU decided to go with the much more lenient option of fining the dele- delegation 2,700 euros Three year ban is that's strong. Not good. Yeah, and that should have that should have been taken should've, place. That should should that should anything like that that takes place. That's why it's so you know, that's why I think quite rightfully, a lot of people weren't that upset that Russia didn't compete this year. Yeah. Because Russia has you know, there's a lot of places that have bad human rights. Russia's I mean, they're really pretty fucked up. Yeah. So you don't wanna you don't enter, you know what, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know yeah, what, I'm yeah. totally down with that. Yeah. It's like when you know, like when you go on a night out and like one of your mates is way f- drunker than everyone else and just being a bit of a dick yeah. and then they decide to go home earlier you don't stop them <laughs> no no you, let you just go. let it happen you yeah, just go yeah. alright yeah go home yeah. we're all gonna have a nice night now yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna yeah, go yeah. home that's fine yeah. like that's totally that's what, they want. that's what this is and they should have that's no message to send Azerbaijan no. charge them a bit of money yeah. you cannot let them speak to the world once a year through yeah. this means that's a message yeah. you send to them yeah well they weren't banned for three years Shame. and in 2003 11 Azerbaijan won the Eurovision Song Contest mm. uh, and were set to host the contest in 2012. Armenia didn't enter the year after that. Well, this is what we're going to talk about. Ah. Uh, in an attempt to extend out a, let's say, olive branch, Azerbaijan tempor- temporarily amended its visa policy to allow the Armenians to attend the event. It looked like it was going to be a peaceful coming together of nations. However, in February, just three months before Eurovision that year, uh, fighting broke out on the border once more. Ugh. And an Armenian soldier was shot dead. It was later revealed that actually he was killed by friendly fire. However, this didn't stop 22 Armenian musicians uniting to support a boycott of the Azerbaijan Eurovision Song Contest. Fair enough. They stated that they refused to be in a country where anti-Armenian sentiment had been raised to the levels of state policy. Fairly strong statement. I mean, that's fair enough. And also, I mean, imagine being... It'd be very brave and maybe some, to a certain extent, a bit stupid to yep. go into a country like that. Even if it's for Eurovision and well, look, you've got the EBU behind you saying, no, we've got you, yeah. don't worry. Actually, have you? A country, have they? A country that had interrogated its own people for, for voting, voting for Armenia. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on March 7th, Armenia officially withdrew from the contest leading the EBU to state that it was truly disappointed with Armenia's withdrawal. Due, however, to its late withdrawals from the contest, Armenia was required to pay its entry fee plus a fine totaling half the value of its entry fees on top. That's Probably. outrageous. Yeah. 
oh, we don't want to compete. Okay, so we're going to fine you. Right, you remember when you remember when that other country were um, interrogating their own people for voting for us? Yeah. 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 I want to rethink that yeah. structure. Yeah. Svante. I've made Isabel angry again. Right? <laughs> I've made Isabel angry. You know what I'm like. I know, no, I know. I'm, I'm very, very left No, I feel... I blame my parents. No, I'm not I'm blaming anyone. I've, I feel bad for, for doing a story that doesn't bring joy to your heart but there you go i'm gonna carry on eurovision <laughs> always brings joy I to my know. heart um armenia returned to eurovision the following year when it was held in malmo in sweden oh because um, who wants to miss a swedish I know, eurovision right? everyone, everyone Jesus. wants to be involved in that in this contest armenia came in 18th while azerbaijan one year after hosting came a close second <laughs> I know. Armenia did better in 2014, coming fourth position, while Azerbaijan slipped right down the charts to 22nd. Uh, then came 2015 and stepped forward with Armenia, the band Genealogy. Uh, Genealogy was a band consisting of five Armenian diaspora, as I mentioned earlier, and one Armenian singer representing the country's roots. So uh, the the diaspora were basically uh, five Armenians who were living elsewhere, who had moved from Armenia and were living elsewhere in the globe. Um, the Armenians actually have established communities all around the globe throughout history. It's quite a culture of sort of moving I out know of the country. I know so many Armenians. Right? But like, so many Armenians. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Kardashians, Armenian. Yeah. I mean, I don't know them, but I know that they are Armenian anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my old equivalent at our last office, yeah. Alex, yeah. Armenian. Yeah. Lovely Simon, yeah, yeah. who we work with, yeah. Armenian. Yeah. I know a ton of Armenians. It, well, it's interesting. Like, there is a culture in Armenia of, like, moving out, like, uh, emigrating to other places in the world. It's, it's a Great. culture. So, um so uh, as a little was, nation of explorers I know, right so i know right so actually the the that modern day movement of people as we said actually originates from the armenian genocide that yeah. we were talking about earlier so basically it was people because they had to go ref, uh, effectively yeah you know refugees like we're seeing now back then they were refugees there's a culture of it before that um but you know it, it was effectively everyone going well fuck it we've got to go yeah so genealogy uh, that group of armenians were singing a song called don't deny um Uh-oh. which is fairly on the nose it was basically perceived by many as a call for you know fair enough a call for recognition of the armenian genocide yeah it, a very worthy cause and something worth writing a song about but as we know, Eurovision does have a pretty strict yeah. uh, apolitical songwriting yeah. uh, policy. Yeah. Um, and so, rightly or wrongly, calling for recognition of a genocide is, you know, which, which, which numerous governments have yet to recognise is effectively a political motivation for a song. A lot of people um, feel like Jamala shouldn't have been allowed yeah. to compete for that same reason. Yeah. Because... Um, well, I mean, it's it was a very careful one, but because yeah. it's talking about the Crimean War, but yeah. their push for it was she's just talking about a moment in history. Yeah. We're not having an opinion on it. it we're just talking. It talk was about very borderline. It was. It's a story. Uh, the, actually, the music video of this song also, you know, if, as if that sort of don't deny wasn't strong enough. Uh, the music video features a scene showing the singers posing in World War One outfits and then mm, slowly yeah. disappearing from sight. The metaphor is kind of pretty heavy there yeah that's <laughs> um, being pretty obvious yeah so uh as to be expected representatives from azerbaijan uh, who alongside turkey obviously deny the genocide occurred like i said raised complaints about the use of political themes and stated that they would act adequately to prevent the song contest from being sacrificed to the political ambitions of a country um which according to Eurovision rules is, is a fair argument to make so Armenia did make amendments to the song changing the title from Don't Deny to Face the Shadow which actually I think is a much better name for a song whether or not you have to change the contents of a song it's a much wankier name for a song Face the Shadow it's the sort of song like I would it. write yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so in the end, genealogy came a fairly middling 16th place, while Azerbaijan with a song called Hour of the Wolf, again, another <laughs> song title I would definitely use, uh, reached 12th place. So not, you know, pretty, did a bit wank. pretty middling that year. 
Uh, which brings us right up to last year, 2016. Uh, this was a year when clashes on the borders raised their ugly heads once more. Um, there was combat in which saw 350 troops and civilians on both sides lose their lives. Eventually, Azerbaijan called a unilateral ceasefire. Um, and after all that, you'd think the people who would have grown tired of the political messages and the politics of the situation and would be looking forward to a nice apolitical Eurovision Song Contest. However... Apparently, Armenia couldn't resist one more jab. Uh, Armenian singer Iveta Mukuchian, sorry for the pronunciation, was seen during the first semi-final sporting the flag of the, dis- uh, the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, this once more raised the ire of the Azerbaijani media. The EBU released a statement basically condemning the brandishing of that flag. Again, basically saying Eurovision needs to be apolitical. Despite all of this, like, political bullshit, uh, which I'm going to call it that, because, as we said, Eurovision Song Contest is a contest about songs Mm. and songwriting. Since entering the contest, Azerbaijan has made the final every single year. Armenia has only failed to qualify once, and then there was the year where it boycotted the event. Mm. So both of these countries are pretty damn good at writing pop music. And if they only could put politics aside for one minute, I think people could really appreciate their songwriting ability. Um, mm. You don't, you don't seem convinced. No, I mean quite a lot of the time, both of them are very guilty of just putting in a very beautiful brunette lady with big lips and big boobies. I think that's why I like in them. a sexy dress. <laughs> and quite often, I will forget very quickly who's Armenia, who's Azerbaijan. Yeah. yeah because their acts are quite similar Middling. um they have a sexy lady but so i think that story for me is again it's not really it's, it's tough because i mean i know you uh you know not necessarily took a side but you, you you definitely sort of you know agreed with one more than the other um it's a tough story because there's not necessarily a winner and a loser or there's not necessarily a goodie or a baddie and i know both countries i think have their faults and maybe because Azerbaijan has been more under the spotlight because it hosted one year and it's been, you know, top, and, you know. But I mean, there was a lot of, there. quite a lot of people feel that Azerbaijan exploited their use of Eurovision, yeah. their hosting of Eurovision yeah. that year yeah. as propaganda, false mm. propaganda yeah. for, you know, putting them forward as a country that they were not yeah. and represented themselves as a country that they were not. So there were, um, you know, when you look at the government there, like the government in Azerbaijan is, it's a bit Trump-esque yeah. in terms yeah, yeah. of getting family members involved in things that they shouldn't be involved yeah. in. So the... Um, um, the president's, I want to say president, I always forget whether somewhere has a president or a prime, prime minister. minister. So yeah. it's very Sometimes sorry. Sometimes both. Sometimes both. The leader? I can't remember. Should we say leader? Um, the Azerbaijan, I think I think it's maybe president, um, but the, the leader of Azerbaijan, yeah. yeah. His wife was elected to parliament. Okay. Do you want to guess what percentage of the vote she got? <laughs> well, I'm going to guess high, but let me, let me think. So like a good win, a good win would be... And this was the woman that ended up being chairman for the Eurovision Committee, okay? Oh, shit. As well. So fully in, fully involved in every part of this. Okay. Elected to parliament okay. on what percent of the vote? So like a strong, like uh, in the UK, a landslide would be like 70%. Oh, blooming heck. And you'd be lucky to get that, wouldn't you? No, no, yeah. For, that would yeah. be like a, like, in, like that would be like a, the most dramatic landslide. You would be lucky to get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 94% of the vote. Okay. <laughs> that's not real. No, that's not that's real. That's not real. That's completely impossible. But that, but it's mental. It's yeah. just not, it's not feasible. Yeah. Their, um, their son-in-law sang during the ad break at Eurovision as well. He's a singer. He sang there. They used Christ. it as a, like a, as a platform for their own family. It is very They Trump. used it to, um, yeah, they used it for their own game. It's very Trump-esque, you know, letting Ivanka sit in at G20 meetings. Fuck it's very much that. They, they, they treated, you know, they, um, as with a lot of places, it's not Azerbaijan that does this, but when the um, they had to build a new arena, so they built a 20,000 seat yeah. arena yeah, I heard about for this. Eurovision and they bulldozed people's flats down and homes to get yeah. them out of the way. So they did some pretty horrific things it's, it's, to host Eurovision and then hosted it in with the eye of like, look at yeah. how great we are it, as a nation. It makes it really interesting though, right? Because it's not like the Olympics and it's not like even like the, the World Cup football. Like this isn't decided by a committee who goes right well who should host this when yeah. and we see world cup that doesn't work anyway but with qatar Vibes. like how many yeah, yeah. like or, or whatever else um 
But this isn't decided by a committee. This is decided by whoever writes the best song. So yeah. it must be fucking tough for the EBU uh, uh, to, to go, right, this year it's being hosted in Azerbaijan. Whether or not they agree with Azerbaijan as a country mm. or agree with their policy or agree with how they're going to you know, build a stadium, they have to go, well, they won. So mm. we, it has to be hosted in Azerbaijan this year. But, but what they can do is if someone does something wrong yeah. in relation to the Eurovision Song Contest, yeah. they can ban them for a while. Yeah, three or, years. Definitely. I didn't realise you know I mean? that they had that power. And they didn't do that. They didn't They do had that. that option to do that with Azerbaijan and that might have meant that Azerbaijan came back with a song that wasn't good enough or they decided to, they you know, they threw their toys out yeah. the crown and never came back yeah. to Eurovision or whatever it may be that meant that they couldn't have hosted it that year and all that stuff wouldn't have happened. It's, it is fucking complicated and uh, that's sort of why I love Eurovision, right? Because it's a song contest, but then it's like this whole other thing. There was a great article I read the other day about, I can't remember if I find it, I'll tweet it, um, about pop culture and how you should never apologise for liking pop culture. Like you should never say, oh, it's a really good pop song. It's, ch- yeah. it's a good, it's a good it's song. song. It's a damn good song. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to put the word pop in yeah. to explain it, but the fact that it's different from classical music or it's different from, you know, something trendy and indie like it has or whatever. Any less legitimacy. It, it has no less legitimacy yeah. because it is pop culture or camp culture than any other type of culture in the world. And that rings so true for Eurovision in that you should never ever have to apologize to anyone or explain your way out of enjoying something like Eurovision and enjoying the campness and the ridiculousness of it yeah. because not only is that no less legitimate than any other form of music yeah. but also as we've discussed on a week in week yeah. out basis yeah, yeah. it affects so many people well, in so many different ways yeah. and there's so much meaning and so many stories that go in behind every Eurovision entry yeah. That you don't you de- like no one can take that away from that, you. That, that's it. Like p- like pop culture or you know whatever. Like that mainstream music reaches so many people that actually it does have an impact on the. Bro- you know you can talk about you know someone can talk about oh you know I really like this DJ and it's a fucking white guy. You know I, I think there's a case for being made for like hip hop and things like that and grime actually be you know having an impact on 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 modern culture a pretty. Big yeah, for impact. sure. Um, but like when you talk about like, oh, you know, it's really indie band or this really indie like, you know, obscure DJ or whatever. And it's just a white guy doing yeah. something or a, a group like four white boys how's playing that guitar. Any, yeah, like, how's that any Like fuck that. Different. Whereas when you have a, a, you know, a pop singer singing a song about a genocide or singing a song about a, you know, it's like, how is that not legitimate? In all honesty though, I've always... Um, used to be quite embarrassed when people said to me what music do you like to just say pop Pop. and I still now I hate when people ask that if you meet someone for the first time they go what kind of music do you like I always roll my eyes I just think I'm not actually in all honesty I'm more interested in comedy than I am in music so that's that's what I enjoy on a more regular basis they're they're asking you that with like some like with real meaning behind it there's real weight behind that yeah like because I'm really into the like I'm into the I'm into the it's like actually I really like I can't stand it whereas actually since doing this podcast I've been a lot more confident about very proudly going I listen to a lot of pop yeah. and Eurovision yeah. mainly Eurovision yeah. based pop European actually pop music. I have a Eurovision podcast <laughs> and I love it and I can quite proudly say about it yeah. and it's really good it's it's because saying that to someone you can quite quickly it's one of those um it's like a it's a litmus test yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if someone says to me what music are you into and I go pop music I really love Eurovision yeah and they go sorry what you go fuck what? off. What? I go, ah, you're a Bye. Twat. See you right, later. Then. I'm not interested yeah, yeah. in talking to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Boring. Yeah. As soon as there's judgment, I just think, ah, well, you're done. That's fine then. And yeah. it's, it's, it works as a very good litmus it's test, It's a very actually. good litmus yeah. test. Yeah I, think it, yeah, I think it absolutely is. That was a story. That was a story. <laughs> it wasn't Jesus. necessarily the, the lightest. It was long as well. I don't know how I'm going to have to edit that. It might be no, a but that's long fine. episode. If it's of the an podcast. hour, it's an hour. Don't worry. Um, and we are going to move on. I feel like we that was a decent transition to move away from yeah. uh, war and stuff. <laughs> so we're going to move on. War and stuff in it. War and that in it. Uh, to the next bit of the podcast, and uh, it's the bit of the podcast where I present a song on one like down on knees to Isabel for her to judge <laughs> and sp- spit out back at me with her opinions uh and and I feel like I you know last week was strong right last week was a really strong, strong. oh by the way Matt Finnegan adored it 
Good. I adored it. Good. We were talking about it on the way to Pride on I'm Saturday. I'm very happy really into that it. people adore it. Um, so I... I I'm not no, I'm not gonna no, I'm gonna be happy with this week. It is a song You don't sound confident. <laughs> I'm not uh, no, I'm fine. Oh guys, get ready because this is gonna be a shit one. <laughs> um the conceptually last week was fucking great. Like conceptually it was great, yeah? Yeah, like, it oh, was... and the, not even just conceptually, the the like no, 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 Fundamentals yeah, but I feel, I feel like the, found, the foundation of a song is, is is in its concept and like waiting, something we can all appreciate. This week, I've done a song about a sexy lady. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's called, it's called, it's called Vision in Black. Here we go. <laughs> She, she's down and on the attack Oh, and she, she'll give the thrills that you like Well, you get caught in her game You become trapped there for days She's a visionary now you got the rhythm, but you're not in control. She'll take you by the hand and tell you nothing at all. You'll feel it straight inside as you get pushed up the wall. She moves in for the killing, you'll be ready to fall. Your heart is pumping fast as you reach for the door. That fear that you must do, you don't feel anymore. So give it to the mood and you'll be screaming for sure. You've never felt the feeling that you're feeling before. She's a sexy lady. Soon she'll drive you crazy. You'll soon be shouting, baby, as you give her control. There's no more time for maybe, no place for being lazy. She's a killer kind of lady and her eyes are as cold. Heavy breathing, the mood is hot. Now's the time to show her all the moves you got. Friction, heat, and sweating drops. Your love is like a treasure that all time forgot. Pips in sync to the sound of the drum. Your body's moved together as you form into one. Feel the mood change as your time's almost done. You feel a new sensation and you feel overcome. Come, come, come. Now you got the rhythm, but you're not in control. She'll take you by the hand and tell you nothing at all. You'll feel it strikes the sound as you get pushed up the wall. She moves in for the killing, you'll be ready to fall. Your heart is pumping fast as you reach for the door. That fear that you must do, you don't feel anymore. So give it to the mood and you'll be screaming for sure. You've never felt the feeling that you're feeling before. She is a sexy lady. Soon she'll drive you crazy. You'll soon be shouting, baby, as you give her control. There's no more time for maybe, no place for being lazy. She's a killer kind of lady and her eyes are as cold. Uh, that was a song called, surprisingly, Vision in Black, because it was only re- referenced once, very shortly. Um, here's what happens, Isabel. If I struggle with a concept and if I struggle with lyrics, I overcompensate <laughs> by, by putting in all the words that I can and all the like, different sounds that I can and hoping that something sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. From your face, it's looking like this week's not not going to be an 11, 11 pointer. That was <laughs> to be polite. <laughs> no, not uncomfortable <laughs> listening. <laughs> uncomfortable. No, don't because I feel like none of them have been uncomfortable so far. Like that was been... painful. <laughs> I think the I... lyrics, yeah. the noises. Yeah, there's a lot of noises. The fact you were repeatedly stumbling over your words you were trying to rap I mean you rapped to start off with that's bad it was late but then you did a lot of rapping very fast and it got late last night (sighs) it got real late last night (laughs) I didn't have the weekend and it got late last night this is why people need to send in a song this is a really good example of why you guys need to send send in a song song. because sometimes Roland is golden the end last week (laughs) Respond day. Hey, Sivu play. play. Great. Gold. That's a song for Gold. the ages. Yeah, yeah. This week. S- song for the bin. Fucking hell. Song. It's not even. No uh, one wanted to hear that, did no. they? No Some, one. Sometimes the end of the podcast is like, oh, I'm so glad I stuck around for this bit because mm. it's a good song. Sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I'm glad we did all our emails mm. and like Twitter stuff at yeah. the start. Because... Be switching off. That's why we leave it to last, guys. 
play RSVP again and no. cheer me out, will you? <laughs> um, let's just get it over with. We've already, this last, oh, we've gone long. Give me a score and let's be done with it. <laughs> let's put it in the bin. Earn. One point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just the single No one's going to have nightmares. Just it's not a zero. One. It's not a nil poire like festival fuck fuck. <laughs> it's just shit. Even Armenia gave Azerbaijan one point and they've been at war for nearly 100 years. Yeah, I'm being Armenia. <laughs> Jesus. We're I mean, going to be at war for the next 100 uh, years no, after that No, no, don't. Oh, God, it's not great. Anyway. Anyway. After that pile of poop, yeah. um, if you have a better song to send in, which one God, of you must do? My God. One of you must bloody do. My I'm just thinking God. that all of you are working on them so goddamn hard, you're just not prepared. They're going to be amazing. Yet. But when you do send them in, they're going to be the best things I've ever heard. We in get a my co-writer life, credit. Ever. We always get co-writer credit. Co- 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 um, so you can send those into euphoriapodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at euphoriacast. Send us your songs, send us your letters, send us um, any information about what we got wrong to do with that story. Love send us. us your. Yeah, just love, <laughs> love us, us, generally. Love us. Send us pictures of your Eurovision cats. Send us. What else do they need to Leave send us? Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes because we bloody love those. Five star every time, mate. We're batting one hundred so far. We're doing okay. Cause we're amazing. Don't put one star now just because we said that. Because oh, that's really don't be shit. Don't a dick. That'd be just mean. Uh, all right. So I think that's everything. I think that's all the housekeeping yeah. done. Uh, let's end the podcast the same way we end every single episode of this podcast this season with the question: Isabel, yeah, would you rather? Steps step in to represent the UK next year or Jedward announce that they will represent Ireland for the next five years. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so I have a longer love for Steps and a longer appreciation of their music yeah. and their music as a whole, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I would yeah. really very much passionately like them to be involved in Eurovision because their newest album um, was, was great. brilliant. But, but... But... They didn't need Eurovision no, to be brilliant. No. They didn't do Eurovision and they have been great. Yeah. Whereas we could get very... A lot of long-term um, enjoyment. Oh my god! Out of Jedward doing it. Jedward songs, both entries were fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. I listen to them all the time. Can you imagine and five I, more. I very regularly say Jedward every year, all year, every year. Yep. Jedward. There we go. We've got to okay. answer Jedward every single year. Let's hope we yes, can start. Please. Coming. Hashtag Jedward 2018, 19, 20, 21, <laughs> Here we go. Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.